Hey everyone, Craig here. Welcome. Today's going to be a Q&A. I got a bunch of awesome questions from channel members on my YouTube channel. I'm going to answer those. And I'm also going to give an update, you know, what's been going on since the last episode. And I'm probably going to get into some personal details. I wrote, or, you know, a brief outline. And there's a couple things I want to get off my chest and explain. It helps me to process and analyze things if I speak them out loud. So we'll do that. So these questions are coming from my supporters on YouTube. Uh, they donate every month, and I'm very grateful to have this awesome little group of people helping me to make more videos and pledging their support. It really shows me you know, who my biggest supporters are, and I'm trying to figure out different ways to give back, to add value to these people specifically. Alex asked, will you come to California and do some meetups with the LA fam? I used to go to LA all the time. Um, now that I'm hiking, I'm probably staying away from cities a bit more, but I would like to do Catalina Island. I know that's down near San Diego a bit more, but as far as meetups, I probably won't be doing those in the near future. I'm an introvert and it definitely takes a lot of energy for me to meet a lot of people and talk. Tom asked, do you have the PCT rescheduled? Also, when hiking solo, do you get lonely? What time do you wake up and go to bed while on the trail? Cheers. So I haven't rescheduled my PCT. Um, there is a time, a date when you're supposed to reapply. I think I applied in February of this year. So I would have to do that for 2021 but I'm still not sure if I'm going to do the PCT next year. We'll see. And there are times when I'm hiking alone that I do get lonely, um, but those moments usually pass and there are different ways that I can get over that by listening to an audiobook, listening to a podcast, talking to animals, just kind of, you know, eating. I don't know. There's lots of different ways I can distract myself and uh, forget that I'm out there by myself but I would say 90% of the time I am so happy to be alone, so relaxed, and so rejuvenated to be solo hiking. As far as when I wake up and go to bed while on trail, it depends on the sunrise and sunset. Uh, it's pretty frowned upon, not advised to hike at night, and I usually try to get as many miles in as possible. So. I'll try to hike until sunset just to get those colors as well and to set up my tent while there's still a little bit of sunlight. But once it's nighttime, I'll sleep. And sometimes that means 11 or 12 hours of sleep. So I, I welcome that, especially when I'm tired after hiking all day. And then when I wake up also depends on how warm it is. If it's super cold during the night and it takes a little bit of time for the air to warm up uh, in the morning, I'll probably sleep like an hour after sunrise. It's the best when you wake up with the sunlight hitting your tent because you know you can at least stand in the sun and warm up. Pierre asked, do you know exactly what distance you walk on a trail, including having to install and then go get your camera? So I always have my iPhone when I'm hiking and as long as it's on, I believe it's tracking how many steps you take and how many miles you walk just automatically with the health app. But also when I'm hiking on a trail, I'm tracking my route with all trails. 
So that'll tell me my pace, my distance, my time. So technically I'm not turning it on and off when I go get my camera after a shot. So that's factored into the total distance that I go. But to be honest, if I'm hiking a 20 mile day and I go get my camera maybe 30, 40 times for 30, 40 different clips, you know, that's such a tiny fraction of the total distance. And just remember that the clips that you're seeing in the video are such a tiny amount of the hike. So the total amount of distance of me going back to get my camera is probably like less than 1% of the total distance. So many people are commenting on like a hundred mile hike like, oh, he probably hiked 150 miles going back to get the camera. Uh, nah. Nah, it's nothing like that. Hey, but I'll let people believe that if it adds to the magic of the video. I don't care. <laughs> Flynn asked, are you still planning on doing hikes in New Zealand? Would love to help you out sometime if you ever come here. Yep. On my All Trails future hikes list, I do have a couple New Zealand hikes planned, and I'm sure there's a lot out there. Once I'm there, I, I definitely ask around and do more research to figure out what else I could hike. But New Zealand looks wonderful. You know, everyone knows Lord of the Rings, but I'm sure there are just a ton of hikes and a lot of nature to see out there. But hey, we're in weird times and it's really hard to book international flights. There's a lot of uncertainty. So, you know, this year was going to be a huge year for hiking. I was going to be doing the PCT and then trying to do as many international hikes you know, after that in October, September, whatever, but not anymore. <laughs> a flight to New Zealand would be a super long flight. So uh, it's just not something that I'm going to uh, book out of, out of thin air. Dr. Reginaldo, uh, as a doctor, I see that the world is more and more anxious, consumerist and maximalist, valuing the external more than the internal. Your videos, Craig, are incredible and more than just portraying a trip, they take us with you in the experience of each hike. Many wonder if it is not difficult to spend time alone on a trip, but how many stop to look inside and seek the best? During your travels, what thoughts go through your head? Is there a specific feeling that is always repeated when you are in Alaska? Hmm. Yeah, I do get this question a bunch. What thoughts do you have while you're hiking alone? In hindsight, it's a bit hard to remember, but I would say probably split into thirds. It takes a lot of effort and thought to figure out how to shoot. You know, the filmmaking aspect of making a video while hiking takes up one third. Another third is taken up by just enjoying the beauty, you know, taking a moment to soak in the fact that I'm out there by myself in nature and just enjoying the moment. And then the last third is just thinking about future plans, the past things that I've done, just reevaluating memories and just kind of making lists and plans and what I would like to do in the future, maybe. Tyler, no question, but it was a real treat to chat with you and your brother at REI a couple weeks ago. Keep up the great content. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, we were in Colorado Springs grabbing some last minute supplies before our Colorado hike, my brother and I, and the person at the register, Tyler introduced himself and said that he was a big fan and listened to the podcast. So that's always a nice treat when I get to say hi to people in real life. It's, it's always awesome. Everyone's always been super friendly. So thanks for saying hi and thanks for becoming a member. You know, very appreciated. Thanks, Tyler. John. Obviously, you are having a blast doing what you do. 
you migrated from making wedding films and providing educational content for aspiring wedding filmmakers to this hiking film focus. Do you have something on the horizon for your next season of life? Where is the home ownership, dog ownership status currently sitting? Yeah, this is a good question, John, and you are obviously someone that I recognize as a constant uh, viewer and commenter, so thank you. Uh, you definitely know and have listened to me rant about my thoughts on the next phase of life as far as owning a dog and making content about making a garden and maybe doing flipping houses or something. And I actually do have a couple notes in my outline to comment on after this Q&A section. So I'm going to push a bunch of this to the bottom and just know that you are 100% correct in you know, steering your questions and your concerns towards this. So yeah, thanks, John. It's Tech, which was your favorite country to go on a hiking trip? What was your most favorite trip so far? And how do you search for new trails? My trip to Spain, hiking in the Picos de Europa National Park, was such a pleasure. Unexpected joy. The food before and after, the amount of dogs I got to meet. Ryan convincing me to go in the first place, picking me up at the Madrid airport and driving me all the way up. You know, unfortunately, he got injured and was not able to hike with me, but that was an amazing seven days. I saw so many different aspects of the country on a single trail, really pushed myself physically and mentally, and I think the video is is one of my best. It's the one that I go back and watch by myself and, you know, revisit those memories. I, I feel proud about that video. And as far as how I search for new trails, I do have a list of past and future trails on all trails, the app. Um, there will be a link in, ooh, this, yeah, there can be links in podcasts. I don't know. So just search all trails, Craig Adams, and you'll find my profile with the lists. But how I search for new trails is the topic of a video that I would like to make. I would probably put it alongside how I track myself while hiking, how I get to trailheads. I might lump a bunch of those topics into one tutorial video. So that'll be coming up soon, hopefully. Ev Merrick, what are your video settings for your solo B-rolls, auto or manual focus? Which would be best for which shot? So if you're starting out as a filmmaker and asking these types of questions, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I would just suggest that you just set things to auto and, and, the, and then capture the footage, edit it, think about what you would do differently, and then maybe in the future start turning things towards manual instead of auto. It's always kind of silly when I see new filmmakers using all manual settings and just getting everything wrong. Especially people shooting in direct sunlight outside, it's kind of hard to see the LCD sometimes, and dialing in manual settings is slower and more difficult, and it's pretty easy to mess things up in that situation. It's so funny to see people messing up their composition and exposure because they're dialing in manual settings when if they just set everything to auto, they would be able to focus on how they're capturing and how they're moving about capturing what they're doing instead of worrying about settings. I went to school for film and I've also been making videos for over a decade. So I have the experience with each camera. Each camera is kind of new. When you get it, you have to shoot it. 
look at the footage in the edit and then make small tweaks. Uh, if you just handed me a camera that I've never used before, it might be really bad footage. So knowing my settings really isn't gonna help you too much. You gotta go through that process yourself, bud. But I still think that it would be helpful to know how I do things. Uh, so that might be a tutorial video that I make in the future. I know a couple people have asked, like just make a, a whole YouTube video about how you make silent hiking films from start to finish, planning, shooting, editing, delivering. So that should be good for you. We'll, we'll try to make that in the future. Cesar, if you ever create a route from scratch, what do you look for when planning to ensure you have what you need on the trail? Food, campsite, water, etc. Yeah, this is all good stuff that I would put into that video that I mentioned before about searching for new trails and how I prepare for a hike. And this is definitely something that you practice at and kind of need to do before each hike. You need to figure out what the expectations are uh, just so that you stay safe you don't run out of supplies you don't get lost and you have a good idea of how long it will take to do the hike you're correct i'm looking for water sources i'm looking for resupply options i'm looking for campsites and i'm also looking at the distances you know it took me a couple hikes before i i knew how many miles i could do in a day on different terrains and different temperatures and weather climates. And I also do research in the form of video. So I'll search on YouTube for any hiking videos about trails that I'm planning on doing in the future. And a lot of that advice is really helpful. And if I feel like I don't get the advice from those videos, I make sure to cover those I, you know, topics and questions on my own in my own video so that anyone following in my footsteps will feel prepared and inspired after they watch my hiking video and guide. Alexander, hi Craig, awesome content. I caught myself in enjoying the hikes less if I keep looking for the best shots. Any thoughts on filming versus living in the moment would be interesting to hear. It's very different hiking by myself and shooting a film versus hiking with other people and filming. I feel so at ease, at peace, and I feel like I have time and I can do a much better job if I'm by myself creating a film. So that's partly why I hike alone. And, uh, you know, when I'm hiking, it's my job. So I treat it like my job. I definitely take time to stop and smell the roses. <laughs> and I've enjoyed every single hike that I've ever gone on because it's, I love my job and I make sure that it's a fun job. <laughs> Toby, my boy Toby is the longest subscribed member on my youtube i think six months right now new record you're you're you are toby there's nothing else to say you're toby to what extent do you consider the environmental impacts of what you do flying to faraway hikes buying new gear increasing traffic to hikes you film and so on it's a tricky topic would love to hear your thoughts a few people have brought the concern of the pollution and environmental impact of flying commercial flights a lot. I've thought about it. It makes sense. Um, yeah, they're not wrong. I think you could make that argument for a lot of different things. So it's just not a matter of black and white, yes or no. It's a spectrum of what is the impact, the pros and cons uh, in proportion to other things. 
I guess I could make the impact that I'm doing good by sharing and inspiring people to get out and live a better life, to hike, to have an appreciation for nature, to inspire, to show people new things and share, you know, trips and adventures with people online that might not be able to go and do these things. I guess. I don't really know. You know, I'm not an expert. I don't think many people can explain the actual impact of me taking a couple flights every year. I guess what you focus your energy on and the efficiency of that effort is more important. For example, you could make the argument that capitalism and globalism has enabled a new kind of criminality where just by living our standard way of life, consuming products and supporting different businesses and corporations causes tremendous suffering to different people on a criminal level, but because it's so dispersed and anonymous, uh, everyone has a very small part of this problem, so it's really hard to track the effect of all of these little things that we're doing collectively. It's like collective criminality. So we'll see. It's a weird time, still figuring it out, but I think you're, you're right to bring that concern to light, and I'm more than willing to be open to constructive criticism, especially from you, Toby. <laughs> Damn, Toby. As far as how I'm increasing traffic to the hikes and places that I film, yeah, this is also a tricky topic that I could probably take an entire episode to talk about. I'm not that well-versed in the ethics and the, the maintenance of national parks and places that need to be protected. I've seen what has happened uh, to Zion and Yosemite and popular U.S. national parks that have kind of been, you know, hitting their capacity for quite some time now. These protected places are definitely finite resources that can only be experienced by a finite amount of people. And if they're not set up to be protected, uh, they can be ruined. So yeah, there, there's just so much to talk about there. I don't, I don't want to spend an hour. David, do you ever get a desire to reshoot an old film or tackle a trail again after documenting it? Or is it always onwards and forwards? I think the Adirondacks are probably the best example of me wanting to go back to a place over and over again. I've probably hiked Mount Marcy five times now. And I do still plan on going back to not only hike more, but make more films. I, I think I'm going to go back in the fall when the colors are popping. <laughs> I've also considered doing a hiking retreat where I invite, you know, like a dozen maybe so people uh, to Tour de Mont Blanc to do that loop again. Because I thought it was a fantastic place. Very easy to do like a group tour. I think it would be really fun to do it with friends and people this time. To do it a bit slower, <laughs> to not do it in five days. I would definitely consider re-hiking some of my past hikes, like Hornstrandir. I've even thought about doing a hiking retreat with people up there. I think I would re-hike Picos de Europa or other hikes if I had a girlfriend. It would be really, really fun to take a girl up to a place that I really like and to have some experience to be able to act you know, as a guide, um, but to show someone else that I care about you know, something that I really like. But once I do a hike and make a film about it by myself, I probably won't make another video because I think, I think I've think i done as best 
of, of, you know, capturing that experience as possible. Safinity, how would you rank the overall outlook on life that people from far away or impoverished countries have compared to people here in the U.S.? Even though I have traveled, I would still say that there's so much that I haven't experienced as far as how people live in different cultures. Most of the times that I've traveled, I have stayed in areas that are considered touristy and low risk, easy for American tourists to visit and explore. I've enjoyed every time that I've stepped out of my comfort zone and uh, got to meet local people hear their stories, listen more than talk, and, and see their way of life. And I would like to do that more, but I am very privileged in the sense of being a white male in the U.S. You know, it's definitely the top 1% of the top 1% in the world, and I recognize that. So I'm not going to pretend that I understand what it's like to live in an impoverished country, and I don't know what their perspective of the U.S. and what I do is like. But what I have come to understand is that happiness is not tied to money. What I have come to understand is that there are a lot of different ways to live, and that happiness is not tied to the American idea of what success and happiness looks like. So there are a lot of people living in different ways that are happy. Because I think happiness comes from your own personal reference frame. Chris, how do you set up your Rode VideoMic NTG while on the trail? Audio levels in camera and settings on the mic itself. Very specific question. I appreciate that. Uh, the Rode NTG, um, I think, is set to like 10, 11, 12 on the dial. And then the in-camera audio levels are like 2 or 3 or 4. Christopher, how do you go about filming a hike? What are you looking for and how do you approach filming it so that when you make the video, it shows exactly or close to what you want your audience to see? I'll definitely explain this better in the full video when I make it and upload it, but over a decade of filmmaking has taught me to just naturally know what the best composition and exposure for a shot might be, whether it's shooting into the sun with shadows and some kind of dimension of shadows to give shape and depth, or framing the shot so that it eliminates distractions and sets focus to a specific subject that I want the viewer to be able to see quickly and easily, knowing how long to hold for a shot so that I get some kind of action from an animal or light or people. Filming in a way that doesn't disrupt uh, what I'm capturing so that I get some kind of authentic reaction or moment. And then also thinking about the edit in my mind, what the pace of the film should be, what the shot before and after what I'm currently filming should be, and how that pacing will affect the chronological story of understanding what is going on, but also filming things in an interesting way that's not just this, then that, then that, then that. I've also come to understand the power of action and reaction. So more and more I'm trying to infuse that into the film uh, to build some kind of story because I think that's one of the best ways to do that, especially while not talking. Something happened and it caused this, whether I show that on my face or it's an action that I do. There's a lot to talk about, but we got to move on. Thanks for the question, Christopher. Sarah. I know you have plans for the PCT that have been postponed, but for the near future, have you thought about doing sections of the Appalachian Trail? I hear it's open in most places now. So I'm currently in Brooklyn, New York right now, and I just got back from my trip in Colorado with my brother, 
And quick story, I uh, turned 29 on February 10th, and my license expired on my birthday. And then Corona hit, and all of the DMVs in New York have been closed since then. They're still closed. And I'm not able to renew my license online, my driver's license, because I wear contacts. And I got an eye exam at a local place, but even then, I need to go in person to the DMV because I need to update my photo. So it has been months since I've been able to drive a car, and I'm still not sure when I'm able to renew that license and drive again. So that's why it's been really hard for me to do some domestic trips because I can't really rent a car. So, and it's impossible for me to depend on trains and buses because most of them are not running uh, at all, if not delayed and reduced in service. So there's a part of me that would love to get out and to hike, especially somewhere on the East Coast, you know, Appalachia or go out West, but uh, it's just really, really tough uh, doing things by myself when I can't drive a car. I'd have to depend on someone uh, and it's difficult at this time. But the Appalachian Trail, it looks okay. You know, from what I've seen, um, it's a lot different than the Western mountain ranges and the types of hikes that I've gone on in the past. I'm quite fond of the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York because I've gone there before. Uh, so if I hiked on the East Coast, it would probably be there again. <laughs> Doing the whole Appalachian Trail does not interest me, but maybe in the future, like you said, I could do some sections. Uh, if you recommend a section, I might check it out. Uh, but from what I've seen, it's a tree tunnel. <laughs> There's not many views. It's a lot of repetitive um, trees and hills and doesn't look that fun. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I should try a section before I judge it. Adam, I'd love to know how you deal with filming yourself in public places, like on the hikes when you're eating in restaurant, cafes, filming yourself eating a burger. Is it weird setting up the tripod? And do you feel conscious of what people are thinking? Want to be able to do this myself, but think I would feel a little strange. Hope you can help. Thanks for a while and I've gotten very used to it, and I don't really care what people think. Um, usually when I film myself in public, I do get a couple stares, but it also causes a couple people to come up and ask what I'm doing and be interested, and it helps me form a couple conversations with random people while traveling, which is always cool. But yeah, I'm working. I'm doing what I want to do and there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with filming yourself in public. So you just got to get over that. Dark side, do you have a dream hike you're hoping to one day complete? I've got a list of over a hundred hikes on my all trails list and I'm going off of the recommendations of other people's blogs, videos. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to know what's good or bad. Like the Picos de Europa hike was one of my favorites and I didn't know it existed a week before I hiked it. So what I don't know is vast compared to what I do know. So I'm very open to being surprised. That's why I always ask for people's recommendations whenever I travel somewhere, especially in Nepal. When I showed up and I tried to do the Annapurna circuit, it was closed due to an avalanche. And I asked the person in charge of the hostel that I was staying at what I should do. And he recommended Marty Hamal. Once again, something that I had never even known existed until two days before I hiked it, and it turned out to be such a pleasure, a joy. But I guess Greenland looks cool. I'd love to check out Faroe Islands, Norway, Sweden, 
Uh, it would be cool to hike in Pakistan, Afghanistan, lots of different places that I've never been. I want to go to Morocco, South Africa, back to Africa in general, Madagascar, hiking across uh, the Pyrenees Mountains between Spain and France. Italy looks amazing. The Dolomites, lots of stuff to hike in. Hungary, Austria, Turkey, man, there's just an endless list. Abhinav, what have been your favorite encounter with nature? Animal sightings or rare plants or something? When I'm hiking alone in alpine areas above treeline and there's no wind, sometimes it just becomes absolutely silent. It's so alarming when it happens because we're so used to there being some kind of sound background hum. It's really cool when you just realize you're alone and it's silent. You're able to hear your heartbeat, your breath, your footsteps. I use Apple AirPods to listen to music and when it's completely silent, they're like Bose noise canceling level. Like the sound quality that you can get from them is like magnified by 10 when there's absolutely no noise competing with what's going in your ears. And during these moments, I have discovered like sounds that I've never heard in songs that I've been listening to for years, which is kind of funny. But on the other end, sounds that I do hear while I'm hiking are such a pleasure to me. Like I love the babbling of brooks. Uh, I like the sound of water. Uh, and I'm always kind of drawn to film when I hear that noise or I'm near a stream, but it actually doesn't sound that good on a camera. So I always try to like turn down the volume because it's just way too loud uh, to be recording the sound of river water flowing uh, compared to just the silent footsteps of other clips. The sound of birds chirping, especially in the morning when I wake up, is just something that I love. And there's no better feeling when you finally get in your tent after a long day, you're super tired, you just had food, you know, you got a full belly, you're ready to sleep, and then it just starts to sprinkle or rain uh, but you're safe in your tent you're dry and you're falling asleep uh, and when you wake up the rain has stopped and the sun is out oh it's good <laughs> i like it eugenio do you ever burst out laughing when you are narrating i know i do when i'm writing cheers uh yeah i, I will chuckle i i probably won't burst out into laughter too much when i'm narrating things uh, i guess now an example when i i usually put you know, the tail end or the beginning of a, a, a hearty chuckle uh, whenever I do say something that makes my makes me laugh. BQ Films, do you ever get tired of filming on the path? As a photographer, when I see something I like, I can't avoid to shoot it. And having made my own hiking film, it sometimes was a bit overwhelming because I had to give up the urge to film 100 different scenes in like one mile. How do you balance filming and actually getting through the hike at a good pace? So yeah, thanks for the question. We definitely answered different parts of this with other questions. What you see in the video is such a small fraction of the actual hike, so the filming aspect doesn't take up too much time. I definitely enjoy capturing my hike as I'm experiencing it to share it with other people. And I'm just a fast hiker, so I'm able to keep up a good pace and carry all of that extra gear and set up tripods and shots and drones. So. Uh, yeah, killing it, right? <laughs> okay, so that was the q and I'm going to move on to the next section of the podcast, but I want to thank all of you for donating and supporting me by becoming a member. 
and leaving these questions. I'm definitely going to do this again. This was a blast. You guys are awesome. But my last episode, I made all about the hiking in Alaska video. Uh, since then, I uploaded the Kasigi Ridge, my second Alaska hiking video on YouTube. It's doing quite well. I'm going to be honest. I almost didn't upload it because I didn't think it was up to par. It was a very quick hike. I did it in probably 30 hours. It was a ridge hike and, and had beautiful views, but it was very snowy. I was the only one up there. It was definitely ahead of the season, so I just don't expect anyone else to hike in the same conditions that I did, so I didn't think that it was a good representation of that hike. But it's doing well, so hey, what do I know? After Alaska, I went to Colorado, linked up with Curtis, my brother, and we hiked three 14ers, so mountains in Colorado above 14,000 feet. That video is up and doing quite well. Uh, I think it's almost to 100,000 views within three or four days. It had a little bit of talking, a little bit of brotherly antics, especially Curtis doing some kind of halo uh, teabagging move after every time that I walk back to get my tripod. Uh, set that to music and that was a fun little montage to first realized happened. I didn't realize until I got back to New York and looked at the footage. Uh, but yeah, that was a good hike. YouTube is YouTube. I, I feel like I'm in the flow with these hiking videos. Uh, it, it's weird being in New York right now, especially with all this COVID stuff going on because it's hard to travel. And I'm really only working when I travel. So I feel like I need to get away. Every time I come back, uh, about a week later, I'm like, I need to leave. I think I've realized a good use for the community tab on my YouTube channel. Uh, I'm trying to share uh, every so often a hiking video that someone within the hiking community has made. Usually smaller creators who are just trying to get their start. People who are out there hiking alone doing cool things so if you're a filmmaker out there hiking making videos and uploading to youtube you know tag tag me tag craig adams in the description or title or the tags and i'll should be able to find it if i search on google and i'd be more than happy to share it on the community tab so this is something new i have not shared this at all but i've started a second channel uh, craig adams clips channel on youtube it's up it's a uh, Got a couple of videos. I'm adding a bunch of what I call clips or scenes from my longer videos. So pretty much breaking the hikes up into small chapters and sections, giving them their own thumbnail. And that will be more SEO search based discovery instead of subscriber based, which is what my main channel is. And that channel might also have like maybe video podcasts or old video uploads or just random weird videos. So we'll see what the evolution of that channel will be. There is a link to it in the about page of my YouTube channel, my main YouTube channel, but you can also find it just by searching Craig Adams clips on the YouTube search tab. You don't have to sub to it. I don't expect anyone to, but it would be cool if you left a comment or liked the video or just watched a couple of them just to give me a boost. Uh, to get YouTube to know that it exists. It's weird having a channel that has like 12 or 20 subscribers. It's it's funny, but I think it'll be a good thing to do. And it's definitely going to bring more SEO awareness to my other videos. And I think it'll help, uh, you know, just get different people to find my stuff in different ways. Oh, social media. So I've got Instagram. It's, um, I've got some posts, got some stories there. 
I, I talk to people in the DMs uh, way less than before, but yeah, Instagram is Instagram. I still get the feeling that I would like to not have an Instagram, and that's why I deleted it a couple months ago during the Nepal trip, but we'll see. We'll see. Social media is a definitely a thing that is cause for concern for me. More and more people are sharing about the harmful effects of social media. It's not all bad. There are pros, but I, I think we might even look back on social media uh, that is um, causing a lot of hate and outrage, uh, especially the ones that have the freemium model that have ads and get people to share things and, and like and comment. Uh, they might be looked upon a bit more negatively in the future, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like most of us know what I'm talking about. You know, it can be pretty harmful to consume too much social media to compare yourself to other people online uh, when most of what people share is very far from the truth, uh, intentionally or non-intentionally. Just getting swept up in the left, right, good, bad, uh, cancel culture, uh, justice, figuring out, you know, the whole mob dynamic of who deserves what in what way. It's pretty crazy. It's really crazy to me. Past couple of weeks, I've definitely done some self-analysis on where I am, what I do for work and how it affects me and what my impact, good or bad, is just in the world, in the communities and circles around me. It's kind of crazy that I make my full-time income from two of the largest tech companies in the world, Amazon and Google, and that I'm just sharing my life and being some kind of online brand and making money doing that. That's crazy to me. It's so weird to go back and forth every other day to feeling good about inspiring other people, sharing what I'm doing, what I think is in an authentic way compared to others but then the very next day feeling like i'm gloating or just sharing and trying to make my life look cool i hate the idea of trying to sell ads and attention to people who follow me from companies that i really don't care about selling products or services that i don't think will actually benefit them it's kind of hypocritical it feels weird for me to portray this ultimate life, this like freedom of doing what I want, having no boss and being a YouTuber who just like travels around and makes hiking videos. Cause I think a lot of people think that it's way more awesome than it actually is. Because at this point, I'm, I'm not even sure if I would enjoy hiking or just living, traveling, building relationships, having a family, doing what I do. If I would enjoy that more, if I just wasn't sharing it for the world to see. It makes me want to have an escape route. I'm trying to think of ways that I could transition my career over the years to be able to share less online. And I think quality over quantity is probably the best plan that I have at this point to just put more work, more time into each thing that I put out there so that I can make one awesome video that I'm very proud of every month and then every other month and then maybe once a season and maybe even just transition my business model into empowering other people who are smaller and starting out who can do a better job 
making hiking films or sharing their experiences, empowering and inspiring other people than I can. Embracing minimalism full on has definitely pushed me away from people and to have more control over my life, but there have been some downsides to that for sure. Minimalism gives me a lot of freedom to do whatever I want, go wherever I want, and be whatever I want. But at that same time, that escape button to be able to go somewhere and just be okay with that has kind of distanced me from you know, long-term relationships and friends and family coming back and forth from New York so much. You know, I've got a, I've got some friends here, but I'm not sure they trust my word as much as before. Uh, if I say I'm going to leave or stay, uh, it's kind of hard to invest in a friend when they could just leave and be out of your life, out of sight, out of mind, at a moment's notice. And adopting minimalism has definitely inflated my ego a little bit because. I always do what I want to do, and I definitely do not go out of my way to support my friends or just be there for people uh, than I probably should have. So being nomad, putting my entire life online and, and getting support from followers instead of real actual people, friends and family, has definitely caused me to go through some serious bouts of depression over the last couple of years. Not having a focus for work and not knowing why I was making videos on YouTube was definitely the catalyst for a really bad episode of, you know, just inner dialogues and depression. And a lot of that definitely strained my past relationship. You know, things in hindsight or 2020, I, um, Definitely didn't realize what I had until it was gone. And I've spent the last couple of years trying to get over that person. Uh, it, it definitely took much longer than I thought it would. And at this point, you know, I'm really looking into building new relationships with people and trying to mend old ones here in New York and different cities with past friends. Being in New York is a little weird for me now just because I'm in the same apartment that I've been in for the last four years, the same apartment that my then girlfriend moved in with me and then I left and then I came back and she left and I stayed. When I was still trying to get over my past relationship, there were definitely times that I would be traveling and trying to shoot videos and then just really spiral into, uh, depression and feeling lonely and feeling like I had zero compass and I needed to just like retreat back to New York to have some kind of comfort. It wasn't until my Mount Kilimanjaro, Hong Kong, Nepal trip that I actually felt okay being alone, traveling alone, shooting, making videos, and just relaxing and taking things a day at a time. But there are still days when I feel very isolated and alone and I try to make more of an effort to go out of my way to say hi to friends and try to reconnect and set up events to hang out. So, you know, the past couple of days in Brooklyn have been uh, just walking and reading, cooking, working out, uh, trying to hang out with friends, just trying to stay active and healthy, trying to meditate 
trying to go on dates, uh, which is interesting. There are definitely times when I just question, you know, what all of this is. Uh, it doesn't help when I read <laughs> authors like Naval, Noah Harari, Sapiens, Homo Deus, uh, 21 Lessons, um, because, oh man, it just broadens my perspective and puts me out into the, you know, the universe type thinking of simulation and there is no free will. God is dead. Humanism is doomed. And man, I will, I will really have some weird moments uh, thinking about <laughs> what I am, how none of this matters. And oh man, yeah. And then watching movies from Alex Garland, like Ex Machina and Devs and uh, Annihilation and just being like, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, where do I plan on living? And how am I going to get over depression? And how am I going to treat my relationships in the future are probably the three things that I'm focused on at this point. Part of me would like to buy a used motorcycle and just rip around the U.S. filming some national parks and just kind of living the tent life and hanging out for the next couple of months in the summer and fall. I think that might be fun and cheap and free. I don't think staying in New York in this apartment is healthy for me anymore. So I've been trying to get away and I think just getting rid of the lease, it ends at the end of August, will probably be the best thing for me. As far as upcoming projects, I do have a lead uh, with a person who wants to go on an adventure kayaking around the Florida Keys. And that might be interesting, like sea kayaking, I guess, or bay, I don't know, Gulf, Gulf Coast. Uh, kayaking and tent camping in Florida. There's no mountains, but it might be cool. Like I mentioned, I'd love to go out to the national parks out west, even if they are jam-packed or half of them closed. Uh, now's the time. The temperature is great. I'd like to get out there, do Glacier National Traverse, uh, Wonderland Trail, Rainier, Mount Hood, Timberline Trail. I'm posting videos on TikTok, but damn, I hate TikTok so much. <laughs> it's just candy, and it's just not what I'm about. I would much rather make more authentic, slower, thought out, relaxing, long form content on YouTube because that's just who I am. I'd much rather do that than make little bits of candy. That's content that's just easily consumed and not really that impactful. And it's candy. It really is candy. I'm still considering doing video podcasts and uploading that to the Craig Adams channel like I have before. So pretty much like this, but in video form with context and B-roll. But I think it's just better if I slow down and do a nice little intimate audio podcast like this. A lot of you have been sending me messages and emails saying how much you appreciate like the solo update podcasts because it's, it's usually hard to get any kind of feedback on podcasts. So I appreciate when you let me know. Uh, it's, it's much more inspiring to hear that feedback than just to see you know the number of downloads. I don't get that many metrics when it comes to podcasts as far as if it's good, if people like it or not. But yeah, this might have been a, a bit of a downer at the end. I'm sorry. I just, 
I wanted to get a couple things off my chest. I don't usually talk about this stuff to people, so maybe it's unhealthy for me to talk to you because it's a one-sided conversation. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm just going to end this here. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, guys.